Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around producing this thing. We are from the Draft Network, and we are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your football and sports wagering information. They have everything the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And they have live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. It's not just football, it's MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing. Golf, you name it, you can find it. Of course, the NBA just got started. You can find that over at betonline.ag. And, of course, use our promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V. You get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy national leave your best friend behind to do a podcast without you and exhaust their voice to the point where you can barely speak day to you. Chris didn't do that to me. <laughs> Chris was there for you know, me yesterday. I don't know I what know. you're talking about. You I literally know. have no voice left. You are going to have to. You guys ever seen those videos on like TikTok or YouTube where somebody is like, they, they, they did like a tutorial of how to like do something on like a Windows or a Mac, but they don't want it to just be like text. So they use the the uh, the text to speech and it's so blatant <laughs> that it's text to text speech. That's what Kyle's going to have to use to get through the show. It, um. I, I would like to also acknowledge uh, your absence also prompted me to lead the entire staff meeting yesterday as well. Wow. It, it was pretty, yeah. Was so did, did you get your Eagles yeah. presentation in? I hate him. I did. I did. Yeah. So I did a presentation and led the meeting without you as well. So um, my daughter is thankful. I got to go uh, to her preschool good. field trip good. with her. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, Kyle, did you, you sound like voice box museum or uh, listen, you, did you pick you, one up for me on the way back or you sound worse than Kyle attends a Dolphins game live and they win. Well, and just wait, right. If the, if the Dolphins <laughs> win on Sunday night, cause I'm going to be there for that layered on top of this. Um, I don't know how that's going to go, but we'll find out. How we're all, uh, we're like all rooting this. for you. Thanks, we're all rooting it. for you. There are pockets. There are little moments where his voice like peeks through. So it's not totally gone. Like it's not completely destroyed yet. But we're getting close. Takes on takes, gentlemen. Takes on takes. And two truths and a lie. Yeah. Two truths and a lie here on a Friday. We will start. <clears throat> Joe at work with what he says is a spicy take. Jadavion Clowney is a bigger disappointment as a number one overall pick than Alex Smith. In fact, if Alex Smith wasn't taken in the same draft as Aaron Rodgers, he'd be remembered as a solid player. First of all, I always love Joe at work whenever he submits because I think it's so authentic. Like, he's not lying about it. He's like, I'm just at work trying to get through the day. I'm on social media. (laughs) (laughs) And so I love that about him. And I also love this take. I really do. I think Alex Smith became a 
a good NFL starting quarterback, Jadavion Clowney has never recorded a double-digit sack season. Can they both be fine players, though? Sure. Yep, you can do that. Like, do I that. think they're both fine players in the grand scheme of, like, Alex Smith started 167 games. He won 99, lost 67, and won. And that was in the midst of starting his first three seasons. Uh, he was 11-19 and 19 with San Francisco and was colossally bad. Is, is Alex Smith the best-case scenario of a quarterback who was nuclear bad when he first got to the NFL and then turned around and had himself a respectable career as an NFL starting quarterback? I think he's in that bucket with Stafford and Allen as nuclearly bad initial quarterbacks. That All, all I'm going to say is that in seven starts his rookie season, Alex Smith completed 50.9% of his passes and had one touchdown to 11 interceptions. Yeah. That's a, a 15, level. That's different. A, level fif- a 15 sack rate. And an adjusted net yards per attempt of 1.1 yep. on 165 attempts. All right. Yep. Not not fair to compare anybody to him. He, I, he was horrendously bad when he first came into the league. 15% sack rate? Yes. 14.9 to be exact. Good His, Lord. Oh, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. Okay, so you know how Pro Football Reference does the approximate value? Yes. His approximate value for his rookie season was negative three. Oh, yep. Never seen a negative. I didn't even know you could go negative. No, I thought it was. I thought it was just the basement was zero. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) All right, that's a good point. Wow. So, props to Alex Smith. I think that's a testament to environment, right, and situation, and and maturity. And you don't really, we don't really live in this day and age anymore. But if you hold Alex Smith's first three seasons up as an NFL starting quarterback against a lot of young guys that have come through in the last five years. Alex Smith was statistically speaking worse than yeah. everybody. And then went on to, to have the success that he did through for 35,000 yards, 199 touchdowns, 109 interceptions and had himself a really nice career. I mean, the, th- the first three seasons in terms of output, but then missing all of 2008 with a shoulder injury to come back. Right. Like, on on a career that will never be yeah yeah unreal just unreal this take from Vontel Dan Campbell is Gus Bradley 2.0 yeah. the media may love his rah-rah and energetic style but once you get past that he brings nothing else at all the Lions will pick top five and Dan Campbell ends up getting fired I don't like this take but it might not be wrong yeah that's a good way to put it that's a good way Fontel, to put it. Fontel might not be wrong when it's all said and done, but I hate saying that out loud right now. Yeah. And I hope it. Do, I hope it's not the case. Yep. Uh, not a take, an administrative note. So um, Hunter tweeted in, DM'd me during the week, and said, hey, guys, I know you guys were talking about James Madison and talking about bowl games, but they're not eligible this year because it's their first year in the FBS. What? Wait, that's that. Why? I I I guess when you 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 move into FBS for the first time, you got to sit a year out of the bowl eligibility. I don't know. Hunter Bad said, rule. He came in and said, "What's the point?" I'll read, I'll read you. He says, "Hate to burst your bubble, but due to this being their first year in the FBS, they are ineligible to play in the Sun Belt Championship or any bowl games." And I'm here to tell you, Hunter, they can't I'm not even saying, play in the championship game. I'm I'm not saying you're wrong, but if you are accurate, I hate this rule. Hate this rule. 
I can't think of a I compelling reason for that to be true. Hate this. Wow. Ky- if you hear Kyle's typing, he's because he's checking us. But yeah, Hunter, I wanted to bring this up to you guys, and we were not all together since he sent that in. So, Okay, so this is from Sheehan at CBS Sports. James okay. Madison Bowl eligibility. Why Dukes are excluded from postseason Sunbelt race in FBS debut season. Wow. This is ridiculous. A travesty. Every program that moves up to the FBS is required to undergo a two-year transition period. Two years! Which, two! Which time programs are ineligible to participate in postseason. Hey! Two! Or NCAA, why don't you untuck your nuts from between your legs and let's have an honest conversation. What? This is outrageous. Why? Why are we punishing a team who's making the leap upward? Right. Like, if they do those things, it's even more impressive. Right. For Division Two teams transitioning to Division One, the ban lasts four seasons. Oh, no, my. We, no, we need overhaul. We need oversight. We need overhaul. Right. We need, oh, this is ridiculous. We're all focused on expanding the college football playoffs. We got this going on. It is intended as a buffer for programs transitioning without putting thought into their decision. <laughs> you didn't put what? any thought into that decision. How about that, NCAA? NCAA? <laughs> right. Yeah. The only thing less thoughtful than teams haphazardly jumping up is the thought that went into making this rule be a thing. <laughs> oh, we don't want you to jump up too quickly, so we're going to make you, we're going to penalize you. When you're doing something hard, explain, explain to me, explain to me. They're going to claim a national championship guys. uh, And they should, I'm here for it. They should, they should claim champions. They should claim everything. And you know, the person that's going to champion harder than anybody is. But here's what I don't understand. Why are we punishing? They've, they've come up and they're going to have all the success in the world. Shouldn't we want to reward that? Yes. Like, yes. like it, we should hold this up as an example of look at how great this is. There's no material benefit to saying, you know what? You know what you can't do in your first year? If you win all the games that you're supposed to, you can't play for your conference championship and you can't play for a bowl game. You know what? Well, I want to pass. I want to pass. Get the poop no, no, no. Hat out, Kyle. I, I, I want to pass a rule here on the show. Oklahoma and Texas, the first two years you go to the yeah. SEC, you are not able to play in the SEC championship yeah, game we, and you can't go to a bowl let's game. Make it we want to we want to protect you from yourself from protect chasing you, right. the money. Yeah, so you're not eligible to play in the SEC championship Woo! game. Um, unfortunately, this this take blew up this past weekend anyway. Georgia Southern beat James Madison 45 I know, I know so. but the, we could still go to a bowl game. Yeah. We could still play in a Sunbelt championship. Right. These things are still on the table. Well, they're not, but... This take from the Weekly Huddle podcast for Takes on Takes. Lock in Xavier Hutchinson to the Bills at the end of round one. No, I won't. I'm not, I'm not locking any any player to any team. I'm not going to, so quit <laughs> asking. I on October not... 21st. Really? Well, no, hang on. I think I'm gonna lock Will Anderson number one. I think I feel pretty comfortable with that. <laughs> no. Do you? Do no, you? I, I do. I do. I do. Like number one in the actual draft? Yeah, I feel pretty confident. Now, the okay, Weekly Huddle Chris. podcast has a big-time slam dunk coming if this happens. And we're not saying that it won't. I just think it's really aggressive to say that to lock any player to any team. Is that the kind of wide receiver Buffalo needs in the midst of, like, Gabe Davis' ability to play on the outside uh, and win down the field? And Joe's like, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> sure, I don't know. I mean, like... I think you're 
pretty okay. I don't know. I would want uh, maybe a, a. I don't. I'm really flustered up on this, yeah, man. Joe, like I, I, I wasn't prepared to live in a world where I was projecting Xavier Hutchinson to the Bills. I, he's a good player, right? I, I don't know how dynamic he is. He's got great hands and ball skills. He plays big, physical. I, I like those things about him. I think he can help any team. Um, I don't sit here and say that this is absolutely the the right guy for the Bills to go after for the receiver core. And, you know, I, I, I have some other needs ahead of it, but. I think he's a good player, and you should always want to get good players. This take from Josh. Take, Sauce is everything the Lions thought they were getting in Jeff Okuda. Okuda's out here catching strays because of Sauce. Okuda's been hurt, man. It's sloppy, Joe. Kyle. <laughs> Careful. There's a story someday we'll tell on the podcast about that. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's reasonably fair. That's what you hoped that he would be, an impact corner right away when you draft him as high as you draft Jeff Akuda. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, Akuda's played better this year. I don't think he's been great, but yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, you want your if if Sauce if this is who Sauce is going to be. And this is sustained level of play. This is, of course, what Detroit wished they were getting in Akuda. Mistake from Brian. And boys, I mean, he's coming in hot. Take Bijan Robinson is overrated in the October TDN 100. He should be in the mid teens behind Jameer Gibbs. No. Oh, wow. Bonus, bonus take. Hold on. Bonus take. Quinton Johnston, greater than sign Jackson Smith. In oh, wow. This is the flop all the way around. I'm all the way out on everything that was said here. All the way out. I'll move on. I just want to give you guys the opportunity yeah, to I, expand. on. Okay, uh, all right. Fair, fair. Just disagree. No, I think okay. our opinions are sufficiently summarized, like, in the, the player profiles on the in the database. So I don't, I don't want to pull up the website and read off the website what the thoughts are, but... Yeah, this take pass. from Will. This take from Will Ford. This week's take: Darnell Darnell Wright works his way up to being a first round pick, and three other Vols go in the second round. Mm. Are you there? Are you first round there for Darnell Wright, Kyle? No. I don't. I don't. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but, but, but guys, look what he did to Will Anderson on Saturday. Yeah, I so I watched that tape this or Thursday morning, and I think there are some very. There's some explanations as to what happened with Will Anderson in that game that are not as simple as Darnell White Wright just clamped a guy. You, you uh, Darnell, Wright, Darnell Wright played an excellent game. But you understood I was being sarcastic, correct? No, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying okay, but that, okay. that's like this whole big buzzy thing right now. Is we gotta, that's why I said it that way. We all want to watch the tape and, and see how Darnell Wright blanked Will Anderson. And it's like, okay, well, T- Alabama's playing drop A coverage and lining him up in a four-eye half the time. Yeah. And uh, he's outweighed by 90 pounds. Do you think he's going to win inside rushes against that? No. The The other part of the take was about Vols going day two. How many did he three say? Other, three other Vols go in the second round. So Tillman, Cedric Tillman, Hendon Hooker, and then some combination of Byron Young, Tyler Barron, um, Jalen Hyatt, Jeremy Bank, like like one of those. I could, 
I could get behind this. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy. Well, especially if you include Darnell Wright. <laughs> Who I really I like know. as a player. I'm just not first round there with him. This take from Dom. And, boys, settle in for this one. This is going to take you for a trip. Haven't had a take since before Chris joined the draft dudes. So here it goes. Been here for, what, three years now? It's a long time. You serious? Said- You've been here for three years? Yeah, I think I think in November this it'll be... His, this is his third year, yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, next year it'll be, I think, my third year complete with you guys. Right. He's, so he's passed his two-year anniversary, and he's into his third year. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, we could check the wow. map on it afterwards. Incredible. Dable, Dable will have more wins in his first season with the Giants than McAdoo did in his first season as head coach. Bonus food take... Fruit pie is an acceptable breakfast food. I've never had fruit pie for, des- what for is, breakfast. What is fruit pie? Is that just like peach yeah, pie or I, cherry pie I, or apple yeah, pie? I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess as he's saying, is it, is, it, is it acceptable to have a piece of apple pie for breakfast? I mean, I, yeah, why not? You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't have any the issues with that. The world is your oyster, folks. Do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I don't take any exception with fruit pie. Uh, ben McAdoo had 11 wins, so we're saying Dable jumps, gets more than that? That's what he said. More wins. So it means we're getting a twelve with the Giants. I can't get there. Okay, so no. they're five and wait, they're five and one. So there's how many games no. left? Eleven. There, so they 11. would need we to, have to go seven. We have to go seven, seven and five. Not math. Eleven on the draft. Seven, sorry, seven, seven and four. Yes. <laughs> seven and four. Man, no. we can listen. Listen, everybody, listen. We can be in on the Giants and not do this. Okay. You can be in on the Giants and say Dable is a better coach than what they've had and be excited about what they're doing and they can have a, a successful season. We don't have to do this. But he's saying that he'll win more, so he needs eight and three. And that's what I'm saying. We don't yeah, have to do this. No. either. I mean, look, we're going to eat a lot of words if that happens, and everybody knows that I'm I'm willing to buy into the Giants as much as anybody, but eight and three down the stretch, they've already overachieved. You know what I mean? Like, Wait, a minute, wait a minute. No. It's it's seven and four. They have to win more than McAdoo. He won eleven. They would only have to win twelve. They'd have to get seven wins. You know, I was so good on my math there for a minute, and then I I took it a step you just, further. You just changed it for no reason. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. Can think I do a tattle? Can I do a tattle take? Yeah, something about oysters because, and all that. Go no, ahead. because Dom Dom says haven't had a take since before Chris joined the draft dudes, and I I had a take. And listen, I said that to Kyle. Kyle's seen this take that I got hmm. sent about the show. And I'm now going to share it with Joe for the first time. Oh, wow. Take. In less than two years, either Joe or Kyle will have left draft dudes, and Chris will be a full-time dude. What? What do you think I do around here? (laughs) Yeah, so first of all, Chris is a full-time draft dude. Not (laughs) aware of anything else that this man does. (laughs) What do you think my full-time responsibilities are? They are draft dudes. And then... the. And then either me or Kyle are gone. Well, if you listen to yesterday's show, we Kyle right? Was yeah, of- I was I was kind of out the door. I I would have a hard time seeing it. You know, it's funny. I get asked sometimes, like, you know, what's your goal? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like this, <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm exactly where I want to be. Um, I would say that's highly unlikely for this any of that is, to be is, true. This is too much fun. Yeah, I was very insulted by the Chris full-time dude. What do you think I yeah, do? Yeah, you should be. What do you think I do around here? A mistake from Andrew. Take. The Seahawks 2022 draft class will be as influential as their 2012 draft class. Now, oh. that's going to require a quick little search here. You is know what's the, in that, that the, draft is class. Is that the Russell Wilson no, the, class? 
No. Then no, I don't. I have to look. Oh, yeah, no, twelve is Wilson. How dare you? Okay, so I was thinking the of the eleven class because the eleven class is the one that had Earl Thomas, right? Twenty twelve had Bruce Irvin in in the, uh, in the first round, Bobby Wagner in the second round, Russell Wilson in the third round. Was that twenty eleven or twenty twelve? That's twelve. Twenty twelve. Because you said eleven. 11 is uh, Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell, Malcolm Smith, KJ Wright. Guys, the 2012 draft class. The 2012 draft class is Thomas, Tate, their first three. Okay, hold on. I get that the the first three for 12 is good, but other than that, what do we got going on here? 10, 11, and 12 is just insane. Yeah, that that three-year stretch of, of like day two and day three hits is just astronomically good. Right. So this like, one's going to be better than 12 is what they're saying? It's going to be good. It's, it's, it's it, They've already Wagner got potentially the defensive rookie of the year. So, Yeah, but Wagner and Wilson, like, there's – wow. Um, I don't know if I can go there. Uh, Joe, not yet, but the, it certainly has the potential. Like, do you realize – because this has been my, the hardest part of my anti-Pete Carroll position is just like the, the success is there and it, it's impossible to argue with. And so coming out of that stretch of drafting, I mean, this Seattle team was phenomenal from 2012 through 2020. I mean, double digit wins every single year, playoff wins every single year. I'm not. I'm not ready to say that this is going to turn into a, a a mini dynasty like that was. Kyle was doing this like head bob thing, like he was getting ready to say something. So I gave him a second, but he clearly is not no, I'm interested. Good. I'm done. Okay, take from Waka Flocka Bach. Take Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards greater than sign Haskins and Corum. Number two, Corum and Edwards is the number one RB duo in the NCAA. And three, if they weren't in a committee, either would be considered a top three running back nationally with Bijan and Gibbs. And then we've got a four, Edwards greater than Corum. And then we've got food takes, hot dog oh, power take, rankings. Uh, pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. Let's okay. let's do the football stuff. First. So There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. We're basically assessing where this Michigan running back tandem slots within the landscape of college football. That's, That's the spirit of asking. the take, Joe. Yes. All right. Yes. The, the spirit of the take said that it was the number one running back duo in the country and that it was better than last year's with Hassan Haskins instead of Edwards. I'm out on both I, I, fronts. Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson is a better combination that would, of backs. That's the one. That's the a one. A better level, skill for sure. Yes. Yes. They're both better prospects too. So what? So in what way is Michigan better? It's not. Okay. So we've disproven all that. We 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 just cut out like four of the five layers of the cake yeah, right now. That makes that easy. We, Very good. Edwards greater than Sign Corum. I think it's the last piece of this that you have to. I disagree right now. I think he's more athletically dynamic, but I think Corum's a better true back. All right. You want to do the these hot dog power rankings? Sure. Number four, number four, the football pregame grill session hot dog. 
Number three, the baseball dog. Number two, the golfing dog at the turn. And number one, the Home Depot dog. I have no oh. idea. You can, you can get a hot dog is at Home the, Depot? Is this the same oh, thing as the Sam's it's the, Club it's dog? The, it's the cart. No, no, no. It's the cart that's outside the Home Depot, right? There's there's no Labor uh, Labor Day, 4th of July, Memorial Day hot dog on there? No. Because that's just high put, for me. That's pretty good. That's a good one. The golfing dog. dog is the, the golfing dog's a good one. They don't sell hot dogs at my Home Depot, but if it's the same thing as the Sam's Club dog, I'm all the way in. The Costco dog is number one. Let's just be well, It's the same that. thing. It's the Sam's Club dog. Yeah. yeah Kyle, we thing. went to Costco recently. Well, the last time we were together in, in a non this big. Yeah, man. That was a special. Oh, it's, and it's they had fantastic. that like, what was that? I don't know. Like, I don't want to call it chow chow, but like sauerkraut spread or something that they put on it, it was chow, unbelievable. Chow chow? What's, chow? What's what chow, the heck? You guys don't know. Chow chow. No, no, no. You know what chow chow is. No, <laughs> no, I no. I can tell you I don't know what chow chow is. Is that a word you made up for your daughter? To, no, it's the, a very common yeah, it's thing. Yeah, like a we, whoa whoa for a bill bar. Is just no, it's a legitimate. Like chow chow. Chow chow and whoa whoa. I can't and... do this with you guys. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You don't know what chow chow is? Chow chow is a type of dog. Are you are you cooking an actual no, dog? What are you it's, doing, um, Dude, no. It's, I a rel- it's I relish. It's a relish. It's a, it's a relish type thing, yes. Oh, I'm looking at With it right green, now. It's green North tomatoes, American... bell pepper, celery seed, green, pe- green bell Joe, pepper. Come, do, you think, do you think I would have anything to do with this? It looks like somebody <laughs> threw up on a plate. Yeah, Joe, I'm going to take a little exception that you eat this too because you're so <laughs> un- un- onion averse. Is there onions in it? Yes. Half of Cucumbers, these recipes onions. I'm looking at have onions in them. Oh, well, I like chow chow. I don't have to tell you. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The origin of the term chow chow is obscure. See, the, the whole thing is not I can't do that. rooted in. <laughs> this is like made up. I'm never the guy that has a thing nobody else has ever heard of. So I, this is a weird spot for me to be in. There's Pennsylvania chow chow. It's yeah, my neck of the woods. That's probably the, uh, the, the PA Dutch. I don't know what that means. We're just going to move on. Amish Mafia. First time taker, Matt. Welcome to the show. Oh, hey. welcome. 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 Oh, Matt, a TLDR, please? Please. When you're going to send it a tweet this long, can I get at least a TLDR for the guys? Holy smokes. Have a pen, have a pen handy, I think. This offseason, the Bears will trade for T. Higgins. Chicago's offense is deplete of talent. So they try to make a big move for a potential number one wide receiver. Higgins will be going into a contract year and could make north of $20 million per year, and the Bears have plenty of cap room to pay him after a trade. The Bengals will have future big contracts to pay in Burrow and Chase and may opt to pay Tyler Boyd a more reasonable contract compared to Higgins. Also, also depending how the rest of the year goes for Cincinnati, they may not view themselves as the contenders they were going into the season and more willing to part ways with a player of Higgins caliber. You had me not going to lie. They had us in the first half. Second half. I, take, I don't, I don't think I they had me in the first half either. Just cause I, yeah. I, I think Ryan Poles has shown if anything, he's going to be very deliberate. And I think a move for a wide receiver with the trenches issues that they have would be very out of character for Ryan Poles. I'd agree. So I don't think I'm out. I think I think Cincinnati's a little bit more okay than we want to give them credit for right now. They're four and two. They've been in every game. Three they've had three. some tight lo- three and three. Yeah, they've been in every single game. Um, I think their best football is ahead of them. And and like you don't have to be playing your best football right now. Soon, and I think that'll come for Cincy. I think they're okay. Uh take from tell. 
take with all the quarterback controversy talked lately via New England and the ridiculous Dallas one, people shouldn't be surprised when Brett Rippon starts one in Denver. What do you a conversation about who should play? I think that's the point. Or Tell is making yes. We paid Russell Wilson way too much money to have a quarterback controversy. I'm sorry. It's easy to have the quarterback controversy in New England with a rookie who you're not not paying a ton, and with Dak who's not making a ton comparison to the rest of the quarterbacks. I think there's a difference between a manufactured fan media driven quarterback controversy and a, and a real one. You know, like it's fair. So I think I, I think we could see that happen where people will start calling for Brett Rippon. But in like, within the organization, you know the the walls of that building. I I don't think so. They've did made their not- bed there. They have to stay committed for a bit. Did you notice that we're not doing Broncos Country? Let's ride anymore. He's dropped it the last couple of days at media availability. Does he? Oh, does he say it every day? Did he say he, it every day? He, he was saying he it. He said every it time last week the after the at, in the post game. Well, it, oh. it was it was it was kind of a cowardly way to do it. He kind of the Let's Ride was as he was like one foot out the door. And now did you he's see not doing this? it at all. Did you guys see this inference from Florio on um, Sean Payton in, in, in the Broncos? I did not, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to enlighten us. Yeah, I will. Um, again, Florio inferring Sean Payton on being the next head coach in Denver, saying that he wouldn't want to do that if it were tied to Russell Wilson. That's wow. a huge inference. Huge inference. Can you, wow. give, can you give that to me one more time? This is a. Uh, this is Florio speaking as if he was Sean Payton, right? This is him just stating this. He's not saying this is not from Sean Payton. He said, "I wouldn't want that job if it were tied to Russell Wilson." So then he's not going to be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. But it's Florio making the assumption that that's how the Sean assumption. Payton feels. That's right. Or he's heard that and is passively putting that out on the space, which Florio sure. does quite often. Yeah. Right. He's Correct. one of the most powerful people in football, whether you like him or not. Um, Russ has the potential to turn into a real pumpkin really quick. I mean, this is we're, – we're on in dangerous waters right now. And we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But the long-term outlook of that maneuver may be one that uh, – is one of the least gracefully aging big moves in recent memory. Tell also added. Tell also added that uh, as someone who lives in South Texas, that Kyle is absolutely correct. Having chicken mole number one, uh, chicken mole of any form is the best. The enchilada version is my personal favorite. I will tell you, folks. Last night I got a text message from Kyle Krebs, and during the week, Kyle never texts me. Right? If there's anything important, he will hit me up on the TDM Premium Discord. And so when I get a text from Kyle. I there something's wrong. Like something's happened. He's not going to be able to make the show the next day. Something has gone terribly wrong. Nope. Just a picture of some chicken mole that he got for dinner. It's mole poblano. I, I, I listened to you guys talk about that on the show yesterday, and you kind of lost me with like chocolate being part of it. Hold on, Joe. It's not chocolate. It's, chocolate. Of it's course, not it chocolate. First thing it's you chocolate. Said, it came in with chocolate. Uh, it's not the Mexican chocolate is not the chocolate that you. Okay. Okay. How was I supposed to know that? I don't know. I'm going to send you, I'm going to text you the picture of the mole poblano right now. And you tell me if this is, I I can see you have notifications silenced on your phone. So I'm just telling you it's coming through. Wait, you can see that? Yes. Uh Oh, wait, you know, when I have my phone, yes, I do. Which is pretty much all day. Right. 
I just texted you the picture of the mole poblano. And you tell me this that doesn't like, look good. This looks it's, like refried beans, Mexican rice, cheese, That's exactly and what chicken. it is. Well, yeah, why but, do we have to say things like chocolate? I don't want chocolate as part of my mole rice and beans. Poblano, okay, the why? mole sauce has Mexican chocolate as one of the flavors in it. Now, I will say that one was especially spicy. The other why do Mexican you say chocolate, chocolate like that? Chocolate. I don't know. I don't know how I say it. Chocolate. It's like the way you say vodka. Vodka. <laughs> and chocolate. Okay. I, 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 well, let's, okay. We're going to get off the rails. I need to know how here. Mexican chocolate is different than milk chocolate or dark, this chocolates I'm aware of. Okay. So while while we're doing that, I'm going to keep us on, on task here. This take from Brentley Wiseman, TDN's Brentley Wiseman. Oh, God. Okay. Take Luke Keekley's prime as a top three prime for any middle linebacker of all time. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. He, he was unbelievable. Absolutely special player. Read, diagnose skills, trigger, coverage, down. Just a phenomenal talent. Yes, I agree. Sorry, I'm down the rabbit hole. You guys know I do this. I'm down the rabbit hole of trying to find the accurate description of Mexican chocolate. Wait a minute. Yeah. So wait a minute. I want to let the listeners in on something because I probably will cut the space out for the for the for the edit. But Joe finished his thought, and I could see the cat ate the canary grin on Kyle. And I thought he was going to come in and do the Kyle thing where he sends us back to the thing we were talking about before. I have it. So now. I so I got out of the I way. I was like, go could. ahead. Go ahead, you're gonna do it. And then Kyle, I don't know what he did, but he panicked and was like, Yes, I agree. Go ahead, Kyle. Mexican chocolate has a rustic texture. Its flavor is due to the fact that the cocoa beans are simply roasted and ground into liqueur, whereas European style chocolate takes things a step further using a conching machine to aerate the chocolate liqueur and mellow out the flavor. So it's not as sweet and it's a little bit more. Uh, it's like the baking. You ever eat like the dark, the baking dark chocolate? Yes. Like you try that. You're like, oh, your your wife's do, doing a recipe and you take a square of the dark chocolate and you're like, mm, that's not really what I. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like that. But then you mix it with spices as compared to sweetness. I'm gonna just going to have to try it. Yeah. Come up. Come through. Actually, you're coming up next weekend. We'll right. stop and get. I'll, I will get some the night before, so you can have some. Okay, sounds good. This take from Noah. Take the Detroit Lions should consider a trade for Justin Fields. This is a new Bears regime who may not be married to Fields at quarterback. Goff's play to start the year has shown Detroit is willing and able to tailor an offense to their QB strengths. Fields would be behind the best line, have the best weapons he's ever had. Now that, that the yeah, last they should consider. I agree it. with. Yeah, yeah. They should. I, they should the Bears it. consider sending him inside no. the division? No, you can't okay. live in that world where there's any chance that he becomes right. a superstar for the Lions. No chance. Right. Right. But yeah, I'll the Lions be. should consider it. Yes. Take from Sportsnut: Roughing the passer should be reviewable. Yes. Now they'll never. What about tripping? Tripping the quarterback should that be reviewable? <laughs> Joe, <laughs> you won the football game. Okay. Just stop I, crying. I just, just stop crying about it, man. I, it's stop crying every, every every time you're sitting on the ground and you look up at the ref and you cry. It's like, dude, you are so good. You don't have to do that. He gets calls. You'd love it if it was yours. He gets the calls. Sportsnot has a follow-up take that could devolve into chaos here, but I'll do it anyway. Take. Christmas music should not be played until after Thanksgiving. Playing it the day after Halloween is way too early. I have thoughts on this. I'll let you guys go first, though. Christmas is a day. <laughs> it doesn't deserve three months. That's my thought. 
I don't. I don't like Christmas music. I don't enjoy it. I don't prefer it. I, I. I wish it was never on, but I don't think for people that like it that you should be boxed in at all. You listen to it when you want to. So it is. It is my opinion that if you like Christmas music and in your house you want to start playing Christmas music right now, you go right ahead. But you know what? I don't need Christmas music until it's actually Christmas time. And when I have two holidays right now, Halloween and Thanksgiving, between now and Christmas. On the on the on the calendar of, of things I celebrate, I don't need music for a holiday that's three holidays away. Can Can I ask you a question, Chris? With your sure. take and your stance, what happens if you're married to somebody who loves Christmas and has that mentality, and you yourself are not in that school of thought? Oh, oh so you, so you mean my girlfriend who loves Christmas yeah. music and has has? I think them, we're all in this situation. They play. She's playing it already. Yeah. No, it's you just kind of accept it. You just accept the Christmas music and you what move on. What do you do, and... Kyle? What do you do? This is where you put your foot down in the, in the craft's household? Because uh, I, I definitely just tolerate it. My wife is a huge fan of, of Christmas music, and uh, but does she I just start, let her do she, her thing. Joe, jo, when does she start, though? Does she start now? No, she gets through Halloween, but as soon as Halloween's over, we, I, she will play it. And she likes all varieties of it. The old stuff, Kenny Kenny G on the saxophone, Brett Eldridge. So what's Put, the Kyle approach? Uh, I don't know. I didn't hear anything you said to your response. I was asking. My headphones disconnected as soon as I finished asking your question, so I missed the entire thing. So Okay, good. Is this where you put your foot? How do you address this in your own household? Uh, or do you not? I have these Bose noise-canceling headphones, and I use them. <laughs> well, when they work, you use them. When they well they they work fine unless we're recording the podcast and then they randomly disconnect halfway through every single time. This take from Bub Robbie Anderson will have less than fifty catches in his career as a Cardinal. I kind of like that. I like that too. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yes, Rick and Morty. Yes, Chris, you get the reference. Uh, I don't think I've seen that episode. When yet. Jerry Jerry's in the, it's like episode it's a season of two. Dude, I'm in, just in season two now. It's when Jerry's in the dream world and he does the hungry for apples pitch. It's like the it's like the the guys like glitch and he goes yes, and he says it's no matter what he said yes. Okay, we've got uh, I we have a couple more here that we want to do before we get to two truths and a lie. It's always a, a fun way to close the. Oh, uh, there was a title take about peanut butter that I wanted to get to because oh, Kyle made. Yeah, it this was an awful take, and this guy. No, it's a great I, take. I'm pretty sure he's new to the TDM Premium Discord as well, and it was oh, like, no. man, like I hate that you came in here and the first thing you did is you slandered peanut butter because. No, I got my I got my guy Zach's back. Zach, food take: peanut butter is disgusting. I tried eating PB and J's for a month to just try it and like it, and at the end of the month was still disgusting. <laughs> Zach, what a take. PB&J can't be your foundation for judging peanut butter, because I don't like PB&J either, because jelly's disgusting, but I love peanut butter. Jelly's disgusting? Horrible. Oh, boy. Not edible. Oh, no. Oh, Get it out. All the way out on jelly. What about apple butter? Yeah, I can do that. Chris, do you... Do you... Get down do with apple butter? Are you down to clown no, with apple I, butter? I, I, I have, no. What the heck is apple butter? It's a... Uh, Somebody's never been to Cracker Barrel. Yeah, it's a Pennsylvania Dutch uh, Amish Mafia thing. What? It's a second okay, reference so Joe, Joe's to gonna, show today. Joe is going to get mole, and Chris is going to get apple butter. And we're all going to be <laughs> friends, because we're all going to love all these things. And that's it. And we're just, that's, okay, I do... 
I have one more take. I lied. I lied because um, this, this is from Ted, first time taker from the land down under. Welcome to the oh, welcome, welcome man. I might. Why don't go. you know another shrimp on the bobby? Okay. As the salary cap is fake and picks mean nothing, right. the Rams yep. should trade two future first round picks and Cam Akers to the Panthers for Brian Burns. Now there are more takes in here, but if you want to just attack this one first, we'll go through it in order. Oh, I might. I think I'm all the way out on that one. Take two, Ozzie Jordan Maitala is a top 10 offensive tackle and gives the Eagles the best starting tackles in the league. Yes. The yeah. Eagles had the best starting tackle combo in football. I didn't know his first name was Ozzie. Is that? No, it's like no Aussie. Joseph. But Ozzie. Joseph. That... Joe. No. Joe. <laughs> Joe. No. No. Joe. No. No. We keeping it? Is that staying in? Of course it's staying in. in. I don't cut anything. Of course anything. it's staying in. Come on. I was well intentioned there. I, I didn't connect the dots. Ozzy. <laughs> yeah. Like Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Same, same thing. <laughs> now, I will tell you, it's spelled that way in the take, but I know what he meant because I understood. Well, Joe. Is, is that, I would assume that is an Australian thing to spell it that right. way. Correct. Kyle That's why came I, in trying to be all gentle and nice about well, it. Well, yeah, I was gonna brush right over it. I mean, I know, I had no idea it was a moment so epic that Chris was gonna lose his voice <laughs> reacting to it. Well, because he just he cause again when Joe is super serious about something, you can very easily tell. And he was like, I didn't know his first name was Ozzy, and I, I went, Oh no, I, I went, know Oh that. no. Uh, the third take. The third take. <laughs> Halloween is the worst holiday on the calendar. <laughs> like of the of the real hol- holidays. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's there's some there's national days every day, but right, like we're like, talking like, like major ones that are generally. I I agree with this because I don't want I don't want my doorbell ringing nonstop. And then like the well, alternative you're, is you're you out play, in the action now. You're trick or treating now, right? Right. So then the alternative is my wife wants to get a basket and put all the candy out in the front porch. Would be like, oh great, so I can go back and watch the ring light and see that one snooty like early teens oh, no. kid comes by oh, and no. pours their whole but our whole bucket of candy into their basket instead of like everybody Oof. getting a chance to like take a piece of candy and be courteous we get one greedy kid that comes by and takes all the candy little timmy comes by takes all the candy right so okay folks halloween valentine's day thanksgiving christmas new year's is that Joe's I mean, really giving some thought to this yeah okay no, independence day yeah, it's the worst of all of those. Yeah, for sure. Valentine's Day's worse. You don't. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. You shouldn't. I'm a no, fan. You shouldn't need an excuse on a day in the calendar to love your loved one. It's a great take. Yeah, great but take, but Kyle. you you get the great assistant. Like everyone's like willing to help you watch the kid. You know, uh, it's no, an excuse to really. do something very special. When's it, the last time you had you asked listen. somebody to watch your daughter and they told you no? It's not, not often. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. Two truths and a lie. Yes. You think Halloween's better than Valentine's Day? (laughs) They're both awful. Joe, why don't we ask? Why don't we? Why don't we ask Ozzy and see what he thinks? Yeah, let's ask Ozzy Maitala what he thinks. (laughs) The standings entering this week. No, no, no. He's he's Kyle. Because Kyle was going to let it go. I was the one who was like, "Wait a minute, Joe. What are we doing here?" I can't believe Kyle didn't choose to bury me. That was nice of you. I'll, I'll remember he did, that. He basically did yeah. the entire ne- show yesterday. Yeah, so. ne- next time yeah, I lost my, lost my voice and you get a chance to to go to a 
something something really special and fun and experience a unique daddy daughter experience. Just remember that and and skip it next time. All well, right, we know Kyle. Days. We know Kyle's missing the Monday show, so you might get an opportunity there. So, uh, okay, we enter the week. The standings are Joe and Kyle at four and four. I am at three and five. <sighs> Who wants to go first? I went first last week. I know that's not true. I'll, I went first last week. I'll go first. I'll go no, first. I went first last week. I actively volunteered because remember I did the whole joke on the first thing I said was the Halloween. I hate. I love the Halloween oh, movie right, franchise. Right, 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 right. right. Okay, okay, so Joe, go first. Joe, Joseph. All right, here we go. Three okay. statements. These are all about wide receiver production so far in the year 2022 in the NFL. Okay. And one of these, one of these is a lot. You went with a theme. I just, I'm random today. Yeah, I typically go go with themes. Uh, number one, when considering wide receiver production only, so just every team's wide receivers. All right, not tight ends, not running backs, just wide receivers. The Buffalo Bills lead the NFL with 100 receptions so far in 2022. So when considering wide receiver production only, the Buffalo Bills lead the NFL with 100 receptions so far in 2022. Number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers have combined for one receiving touchdown so far in 2022. The Steelers wide receivers combined for one receiving touchdown so far in 2022. Three, among AFC teams only, the Titans wide receivers have combined for the fewest receiving yards so far in 2022. AFC teams only Titans have the fewest receiving yards among wide receivers so far in 2022. Okay. So Chris, my immediate thought is Joe has talked about the Ken Dorsey offense. And one of the things that he said is, is that they are involving the backs more often than they ever had. Okay. Now I know Zach Moss has, and, um, James Cook have not lived up to expectations, but I do think that is something worth noting when he did the Bills presentation this week in the staff meeting. He actively said, because we asked him about James Cook, he said, you know, this this is a lot more 12. It's a lot more running back heavy involvement than it's ever been before. So I'm just throwing that out there as we, we think about these these statements from Joe Marino. Well, and I would tell you that the the statement that stood out to me was the Steelers one, not because I think it was the lie, but because I couldn't think, I can't visualize in my head the touchdowns they've scored passing the football. Well, I can tell you, I just, I've done some prep on the Steelers because we play them on Sunday night. They have like four passing touchdowns total this season. And I know Pat, Pat Fryermuth has two. So that means we have two other ones. And if those two are the wide receivers, then that one's the ah, lie. So do ah, we think Najee ah, Harris has caught a touchdown pass? I remember Najee Harris did catch a touchdown pass. So then that's then that's truthful. That we that, that we is know. A, that is a factual statement. So we now have a 50-50 shot at this. We are guaranteed 50-50 shot. The Titans have the least amount of receiving yards from their wide receivers. Traylon Burks is hurt. Among the AFC, remember. Among the AFC. Just in the AFC. Yep. Dude, dude, the Broncos, man. The, come on, we don't move the ball. Yeah, but they've had some big plays. They've had some big plays down the field. Okay, the big play that they had uh, in the game was a tight end. It was dull. It was uh, it no, was no, 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 no. I'm thinking earlier in the season they had like the Judy had the big catch and run. Okay. The Patriots, we got big plays there. Oh, the Hunter Henry had a big play the other day. That's a tight end though. Right. Um. 
The Texans? You're telling me the Titans have less receiving yards than the Texans? I'm not... A lot of teams I can consider here that are worse than the Titans. I'm leaning that one as the lie. As the lie? Which would, mean that, what you... which would mean that the Bills are... The Bills have more receptions from their wide receivers than the other team we're saying is true. But didn't we just say we're we're kind of inclined to think that that one is is incorrect well, based on it, involvement? Can we live in a can we live in a world where what your your statement is true about what what what, what Joe said about involvement, but at the same time they're throwing the ball so much that the receivers are also really involved? Do, is that, Al, is that Allen's got like in? a sixty burger for Miami against Miami this year. He threw the ball like what sixty two times or something like that. Yeah, and I I don't I think a lot of them went to the wide receiver position. There was a lot of stuff underneath, dude. I think I'm leaning the Bills is the lie. Uh, you, uh, how one to ten confidence scale? Six. It's not yeah, high. So, so it, if it was if it was an eight or above, I would be ride or die with you. But I I, I can't. At at a six, I can't be ride or Joe, die. Joe, can you read me the 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 Titans statement one more time, please? Of course. Among AFC teams only, the Titans wide receivers have combined for the fewest receiving yards so far in 2022. And the Bills take one more time? When considering wide wide receiver production only, the Buffalo Bills wide receivers lead the NFL with one, 100 receptions so far in 2022. Man, I, I was reading I was reading a story today about the Titans and they were talking about how they were on the ball a bunch. Maybe they Maybe you're right, Kyle. Maybe the maybe the Bills one is the lie. I this is a true 50-50. I don't feel great. I don't feel great one way or the other. I'm going the Bills. Is a lie. I I'm no, you gotta go with your gut sometimes. The Titans one's the lie. Locked in, both of you? Lock, yes. Locked in. The lie is that the Bills wide receivers lead the NFL with 100 receptions. They're number two. The Rams have 106 to lead the NFL. So uh, yeah, the Titans so the have no, so less receiving yards a, than the Texans. The number was accurate. It was just that there was a team that had more. Yep, the okay. Rams. The Rams have 106 receptions to their receivers. The Bills have 100. So an L for Chris and a dub for Kyle. The separation. It's separation Dude, season. Wait, bro. The Steelers only have four touchdown passes this year? And, and, yeah, and, and I know they, I know one was to Najee Harris. That's like, Pat wait, wait that's two. well. Well, we they think, played six games? Our logic Here. got us to that Here. being being go, truthful, but I, I don't know Steelers, if it's actually Steelers truthful. Steelers reference in the year 2022. Steelers well, reference Joe, 2022. The the game the the, the Jet yes. game the the touchdowns were all Kenny Pickett rushing touchdowns. They ran the ball a bunch. Right, I know it. I know, but that's still it's still insane to me. Guys, they they've scored eight offensive touchdowns in six games. Good God, it's not great. You got to in this, in this day and age of football, you got to average a a touchdown pass a game, right? Like, even if you don't have a good quarterback. Four touchdown passes to six interceptions on the season. That's insane. Now watch, they're going to okay. light up the Dolphins because we had this conversation. I can't wait. Yep. Kenny Pickett's going to throw for four next on Sunday night. I'll go. Okay. Chris, go ahead. The QB that has faced the highest pressure rate this season is Daniel Jones. The team with the highest red zone touchdown conversion rate is the Tennessee Titans. There are three quarterbacks in the top 10 of yards per rushing attempt. I am inclined to believe the Titans won. I just saw something from one of the guys over at PFF that 
had it was a metric of uh, drives that ended explosive scoring dri- uh, scoring plays and drives that get down inside the opposing team's 40 yard line is like a measure of a successful drive and I don't want to I don't want to pull it up right now in the for the spirit of of the competitive nature of the two truths and a lie but uh, I will find out who it is eventually and credit it and the Titans like from an efficiency perspective when they get inside the 40 they get they're averaging like five points per possession inside the 40 yard line which makes me believe that they are a very efficient team in the red zone they just probably don't get there very often so you think the Titans is the lie? No, I think that's a factual one. Is Daniel Highest Jones pressure. the most pressured quarterback in the NFL? And Chris, what was the, the third one? There are three quarterbacks in the top 10 of yards per rushing attempt. Hurts, Jackson, Allen. Jones has been good rushing the ball as well. I think that one's probably true, Kyle. So we're going to say the lie is that Daniel Jones is the, is the quarterback with the greatest drop back pressure rate. That is the lie. I've Man, seen the Chicago offensive line. I've seen yeah, the Chicago, Chicago offensive line. Chicago's a name that comes to mind for me. I know the Giants aren't particularly good in pass pro, but I, I'd i be surprised if they were the worst. And right, when you think about, I'm guessing Chicago throws the ball less than the Giants. Right, and Justin holds the ball longer. Right. Dude, yeah, he holds the ball forever. That was one of my big That's, takeaways when I did that presentation. That's well, it dep- depends on what source you use for time to. Well, th- he holds the ball for forever <laughs> in both metrics. It's just it's a different, <laughs> different data source. I say I'm gonna say that's a lie. Daniel Jones most frequently pressured quarterback, unless Joe changes. I'm I, okay. No, I, I think the the QBs things is true. Can you read number two again one more time about the sure. Titans? The team with the highest red zone touchdown conversion rate is the Tennessee Titans. Really? They just don't get down there very often. See, so okay, that's your point. Because I know I'm thinking of touchdowns like Chigo had that one. The best red zone conversion. I, I think they the have NFL. an abnormally small sample size relative to the rest of the NFL right now. And because of that, their percentage conversion rate is higher, is my argument. Now they can run the ball. Okay, I think I. I can. I think that's true. So I'm with you that the lie is that Daniel let's Jones ride. is the highest. Okay, let's that, ride. Dudes Nation, let's, let's roll. Dudes, let's dudes Nation, let's roll. Giants. Yeah. The lie is the quarterback that has faced the highest pressure rate this season is Daniel Jones. Uh, yes! He is, he is, is number it two. It is Justin Fields is number oh. one. And, and, to add, and to add some context to the other two statistics. Yeah, I'm pulling up um, the Titans thing right now. The Titans have the league's second fewest trips inside the 20. Kyle is but they, all over it. But they are 12 for 13 in oh red zone God, touchdown yeah. conversion. 92.6%. Uh, they just and then never for get the, down there. And I will tell you, you guys got there on the quarterback thing, but you named the wrong quarterbacks. Uh, it's Lamar, Kyler, and Josh Allen are the are in the top ten of QBs in yards per rush attempt. And Lamar leads the league in at eight. Hertz, is, Hertz was wrong, and Kyler is right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hertz. Right. Hertz is. 
Hertz is, I don't even know where Hertz is. Come on, baby, 44th. make it hurt so good. All right. All right, Kyle, what you got for us, man? Sometimes love don't feel like so, it uh, So at per- it right it now, sh- Kyle, sh- sh- so good. I just want to make it clear. Kyle's going for the perfect week. Kyle's going for the perfect week. I got to stump you guys. He's got to stump us for the perfect week. I got a perfect week regardless because I got both. And this is the first time I've ever got them both. Yes, you're at six and four. Joe's at five and four. I'm at three. and I'm at three and six. Yikes. Okay, here we go. (laughs) All three of these are courtesy of NFL Next Gen Stats. I love this. I was on this site today. You're not going to get me. Okay. (laughs) There are two draft dudes alumni in the top 12 in the NFL in rushing yards over expectation per attempt. That is number one. Number two, Denver Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertain has yielded the fewest yards in coverage this season. And number three. What's the qualification there? Uh, Joe, Joe, you don't have to worry about it. That one's true. I mean, I think it is, but like, uh, I saw the tweet graphic. It's true. Okay. All right. Minimum 30 targets is the qualifier. All right. And the last one is that the Seattle Seahawks are the fastest team in football with five of the top 20 GPS tracked ball carrier times on the season. I feel very strong about this, Joe. The first one's the lie because I can't come up with another draft dude alum that is a running back that has done something. Okay, well, let's think about draft dudes alum running backs. Elijah Mitchell, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Divine Exigpo, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. So we're looking at three contenders for this. Jones, Kamara, Pierce. And so you think it's you think five? Do you think the the Seahawks thing's the lie? No, I think that's. The, can you read that first statement again, Joe? Uh, Kyle, the first one. You want the first one? Uh, give me the first one again. There are two draft dudes alumni in the top twelve in the NFL in rushing yards over expectation per attempt on the season. I feel like no. I think that's got to be true. That that feels Kyle's not Kyle's going to say that to flex right. And 12 is an odd number for him to to extend it to, to lump in somebody. And I'm guessing Pierce is one. And then, I mean, Aaron Jones, you don't think could be part of that? Alvin Kamara can't be part of that? They could. I, I The 12 thing, you, you've brought up an interesting argument. The GPS stuff, like DK, Tyler Lockett, Ken Walker, Rashad Penny. This includes special teams and defense. So Tariq Woolen, and he has like pick sixes and stuff like that. That feel wait that then that feels true. So now we're saying the one that I was certain about with Sertan is not true. We're back at square one. You know what? You know what, folks? You don't live until you take risks. The first one is a lie. Lock it in. Chris is locked in that there are not two draft dudes alumni in the top 12 in the NFL this season on rushing yards over expectation per attempt. Chris is locked in. Joseph, the ball is in your court. Oh, I hate this. Now I feel like I've lost my ally. I have to just kind of sort this out on my own. Seahawks thing is interesting to me. The five, okay, read it again. The five fastest? 
the Seattle, according to Next Gen Stats, the Seattle Seahawks are the fastest team in football because they have five of the top 20 fastest GPS times on the season. I think one's true. Chris is emphatic about Sertain being true. I I will I think there's enough out there for other I'm going threes to lie. Seahawks things to lie. Locked in. Your ally has betrayed you. James Bradbury has allowed the oh, fewest yards you. in coverage for corners, minimum thirty attempts or thirty targets. You saw the graphic. That's true. I, did, I saw it the was, graphic. It, it was a tweet earlier this week. Yes. It was a tweet. I saw it. Now I the, saw it. Sertain's on the... The tweet highlighted Sertain, but he's number see? two. He's see? Number two I knew I saw James it. He's the, he was the picture on the graphic. I, I The logic was sound. It's just I didn't read the whole graphic. I remember seeing it. Tariq Woolen, get... 21 and a half miles per hour Rashad Penny 21.4 miles per hour Michael Jackson 21 miles per hour Kenneth Walker 21 miles per hour and then Rashad Penny again 20.8 miles per hour uh draft dudes alumni in the top 12 Damian Pierce is 11th Aaron Jones is 8th Joe I would say I'm sorry but I'm three and seven so there's no apologies here <laughs> you needed you couldn't let me separate I respect the move I respect the move so, so Kyle's got like a two-game lead here, right? He oh, he's got a one-game lead on you. He's got a three-game lead on me. I'm just gonna fall in line and agree with both of you the rest of the way. Just play defense. No, that's that's being <laughs> coward. That's cowardly. That's being cowardly. You play to win the game. Hello. Okay, that's it. We're done. Kyle Krabs, Joe and Chris Schubert. Appreciate you guys checking out Draft Dudes. Making a great weekend. Enjoy all the football ahead. Thanks to our friends at Ben Online for their continued support of the show. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.